Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and hang out with me and talk to me a little bit about your journey and you know the business that you've built for yourself. Um, so for people who don't know and who are watching right now, uh, Carolyn is an incredible DEI leader and thought leader and writer and author and um, just really important voice in this space right now. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about uh, your corporate experience working as kind of that minority in the workplace and how that kind of really informed your decision to kind of say, okay, I'm ready to go out on my own and, and do my own thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, Angela, you know, when you and I have talked about this of like where I've been in corporate spaces since the early 90s. Um, but most recently, um, around the height of George Floyd, um, you know, I was working in corporate for a large pharmaceutical company and was doing very, like awesome work, or at least I thought I was, <laughs> and really working at that C-suite senior level, um, senior leader level. And um, what happened um, when the height of George Floyd happened, um, the new roles of diversity, equity, and inclusion was coming along and like, oh gosh, you know, we need to do something now. Mm -hmm. And um, being at that level and being in those meetings, uh, one day I went in and um, attended a meeting and the CHRO um, really gave this person, this white person, a um, the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer position. Mm -hmm. And I just looked dumbfounded. I was like, this can't be happening after I've been doing this work um, and was doing this work before DEI became this buzzword that we know it as now. And um, I went home and I called three people and I asked them would they allow me to be homeless, and they said no. Um, I went to my favorite nursery, this garden that I go to um, in Durham, and I sat in nature for three days um, during that time as well, until they closed, of course. And I, um, on Monday morning, I typed up my resignation letter and and resigned. And, um, and I felt the sense of relief after then because I knew that these corporate spaces for me didn't work, mm -hmm. um, no matter how much work I did. So it led me to consulting um, 
and started my own business and not just around DEI specifically, but taking all that I've known and learned um, my skills and experience in the nonprofit sector as well as in finance and investments and um, really just kind of bringing that all in as the HR leader and integrating um, DEI into these organizations through, you know, a, a, a better lens than more of a surface level um, or these surface level initiatives that organizations tend to take. So that's what led me to that. And that's been about two and a half years. Um, but was doing some of this work on the side or like on the side um, pretty much about four or five years. I had some clients that I will always work with um, from an HR standpoint. So when um, the height of George Floyd happened in 2020, the organizations that I was working with my clients, we were already moving into those directions and direction. And so that's what led me to think about my business, how I wanted to take this approach to this work, um, how I wanted to work with those that made um, the decisions. Um, because I felt that starting at the ground and not that there's anything wrong with that, I just believe that um, change happens at the leadership level. Um, so my work is rooted around working with senior leaders and those that make decisions, specifically CEOs mm -hmm. and other chief diversity, equity and inclusion officers um, who need that guidance of like, how do I develop this business plan, right? Or how do I get them to buy in into what I want to do. Um, and then creating these safe spaces for um, CEOs or senior leaders, I'm going to call them in this place, um, um, to really have a safe space to talk and to process what this change that is getting ready to happen in their organization. Um, so it's kind of like I'm the psychologist. <laughs> At the same time, I'm giving some concrete tools and resources to guide their organizations through DEI. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you touched on a couple different things in your journey that we're going to try to pick apart here very carefully. <laughs> um, but the first one being, and just like when we were talking about this previously, uh, before I even invited you on the show, was what stuck out to me was like you went in nature for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, like I need to maybe get outside, one, get outside of my own head and think objectively, but also just get my hands in some dirt and just like, really like do something different and have that connection with the earth and stay grounded in my decision-making process. And then once you made that decision, you stuck with it, you followed through and you're like, yes, like this is, mm -hmm. I did the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's a lot of people who, especially now over the pandemic, they're just tired. You know, they're just like, man, like my job has not treated me well, or maybe like they got this big relief from working remotely and now their job is wanting them back in the office. And they're like, why? Like, why are they yeah. you know, doing yeah. that? I think there's just a lot of, you know, miscommunication between what workers and employers want mm -hmm. and, you know, what really is going to set their company up for success and for a diverse and inclusive workspace. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to me and uh, talk to people who are listening now a little bit about you know, what it means to be at that pivotal moment where you're making big career decisions, where you've put in the time, you've put in the years, you've put in the hours, and you're like, okay, like maybe I need to do something a little different now. 
Yeah, I think one of the things, um, well, there are a lot of things, right? And there's, um, there are steps to, I, I can't say that there's a one size fit all approach to it. Um, but one of the things that have, has helped me is that I've just removed so many people and things around me. Um, so that I can have better clarity. Um, and so every morning, I'll share this, every morning, um, even before I leave my house or even coming here today to meet with you, I go outside in nature in my small backyard <laughs> uh, with no shoes on. Mm. And I walk around my backyard and I just let nature or the universe tell me what it wants from me. Um, and I think so often that we allow others to project onto us what they think is right for us, that we, our minds get so clouded <laughs> and then we're like, we don't know which direction to go. Um, and, um, and so I think removing, um, you know, I believe in being clear and removing people and things from our lives so that we can have those out-of-box experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and secondly, I would say really exposure, right? Mm -hmm. And being around different people and people that may align or do, does align with what um, you're thinking. Um, because there's nothing worse than being around like your friends or people who you think are your friends and colleagues. And they're like, no, Angela, you can't do that. Um, you, you need that, not that you need that assurance or that validation, but you just want to have that thing that like that, uh, that tells you that you can. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of times, specifically as a black woman, um, we've been told that we can't. We've been told that, oh, yeah, stay at that job for 20 years. You know, um, don't say anything. Don't rock the boat. Mm -hmm. And I think that now the tables are turning, as we're seeing in the workspace. It's like, no, this is not right. This is inequitable. Or I can find another job um, or start a business. Um, and um, so I think that having clarity um, and being in nature helps that. Um, and being alone, um, I think that, um, you know, I used to do these silent retreats where I would just not talk for like forever. <laughs> and um, can't, I can't believe that now, but I think that, um, you know, just being alone mm -hmm. and, and, and letting yourself come up with what you think you want to do uh, before you make that big decision. Um, so I think nature really helps. Um, I think the, um, I think taking just a holistic approach to life in general mm -hmm. um, and not moving from one job to another job, you know, but if that is what you feel like you need to do, but like, what is it that I really want to do? And not, not what do I, just what do I want to do, but also what do I want for me personally, professionally, uh, what does that actually look like? And I think until we write that down, we write that down before the business plan, mm -hmm. um, that it it then drives where we want to go. Okay. Yeah, there is something that I do want to touch on okay. again with that before I go to my next question. But um, you mentioned like moving people out of your life, moving things out of your life. And I don't 
think you meant it and like just stop talking to random people. What you meant was like there are certain questions that only you can answer. Right. about what you want out of life, about what you want out of work. There's a lot of ways to make money. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you want to make money in all those different ways mm-hmm. or that you're going to be happy and satisfied and fulfilled right. making money in all those different ways, right? And so I think when you talk about just separating yourself and making those clear decisions, because two, like your seasons are going to change in life. What Absolutely. you may want, you know, 10 years ago is not what you want today. Right. And so having those times where you're like separating yourself and asking yourself the hard questions mm-hmm. and writing it down and making it known like okay these are things that I want this is what I'm going to do to get mm-hmm. there you know holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. those are not easy tasks you mm-hmm. know and I think really even before this great resignation or whatever upheaval we're having in the workspace right now both for entrepreneurs and people who work you know for organizations you know it started long before now you know, it really started, I think people came to understand like, okay, you know, I thought what I wanted was a good job and, you know, to have a city income. But what I really want is to have a job that allows me to spend more time with my family mm-hmm. or have a work schedule that allows me to spend more time with people that I love and mm-hmm. doing other things besides working. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's definitely, you know, maybe a few generations ahead of me where, you know, they worked on, they didn't have hobbies. A lot of those people right. were tired. They didn't have hobbies. You know, they, they, you know, they're like, you know, my goal is to retire and travel because like they didn't get, they deprived themselves of those things for so long. And I think now people are like, no, I want to have a life now and later. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. And I think, you know, unapologetically doing that if you can and or making a plan to get there. And like you said, Angela, I think that's like you hit the nail on the head is that like, um, I just forgot what you said, but you you mentioned, um, um, gosh, I, I'm so sorry, I'm ca- catching a blank. But, but you mentioned just kind of like, um, you know, the way we remove people out of our, our lives. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, and how do you do that? And um, just having that clarity around that and taking the steps steps forward because this didn't just happen. Right. You know, it's just like a, you know, I was just telling someone earlier yesterday of like, you know, these steps that we think that we have to have to have the American dream. Or, you know, why am I not married or why am I still single? And then you wake up and you realize like, oh, my God, I'm like 40 and this is not happening to me. It doesn't necessarily mean anything is wrong. There isn't anything wrong. It's just that now you've taken a different avenue and said, what what is the next chapter? What is the next phase of my life that, you know, how do I want to live that? And I think that you do that and you do it unapologetically. So it's never... It's never like, oh, this just happened now. We've been doing, you know, people have been doing this for having these out of the box or aha moments for a while. But now it's just like, oh, I can work from home. I don't have to um, have power, you know, other people, you know, controlling my schedule and power over me or making me feel that they have power over me. Or what am I good at doing? And I think that that's what's happening in the world, you know, right now in which we live in is, is that people are just like, 
I want to do something else and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm okay if I do that and take a pay cut. Mm -hmm. um, I'm okay if I do that and, you know, not be at the company meetings, <laughs> you know? So, and I, I and I think that, um, I think it is a good thing. I think this great, if we want to call it the great resignation, <laughs> I, I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think it is great that people are exploring who they want to be yeah. and, and, and making a path to get there. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the show. Whether you're a day one fan or day 100 fan, I'm so glad that you found Honey and Hustle and have decided to stick along for the ride. As a thank you, I wanted to give you a little gift that this show has so graciously given me. The ability to continue to connect with thought leaders, industry leaders, business owners, and other entrepreneurs, no matter where I am. Link offers a digital business card that is a natural extension of my website and social media platforms that allows me to easily send people to strategic landing pages so they can learn a little bit more about me, the resources I offer, and how we can continue to stay connected. When you click the link below in the description, you'll get 15% off any of their wearables, phone taps, and hopefully the last physical business card you'll ever need. Thank you so much again for supporting the show and our show sponsor, Link. Um, so going back to your original story and just some, I guess, like conversation I've seen in the space that I really want to talk about now is uh, diversity um, in the workplace. So I think when certain people or when many people hear diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives, they think, okay, we're going to go to these workshops and people are going to talk about their feelings and then everybody's just going to be like, okay, I'm going to stop being racist and then they're going to go back to work or something, right, right, you know, right. like something along those lines. Like we're going to fix racism with the workshop and, you know, a couple of, you know, changes to our mission statement yeah. and kumbaya, we're great to go. Absolutely. And I think really and truly, or we're going to hire like two more black people and meet this quota and woo, we're all good. And it's like, that's, that's, that's not funny. what it is. You know, it has to be kind of on both ends, one hiring diverse talent from age, gender, race, all the things, That's right. not just race, That's right. you know, and then it also has to be like, how are we creating an environment where these different types of people feel safe? They feel, you know, that their voice is respected mm -hmm. and their experience is respected and their perspective is respected. I say that five times fast, but like, <laughs> you know, but like we have to do both ends of the work. And I still think there is a misalignment between organizations that think that hiring diverse talent is going to solve all their ills in the public sphere versus companies that understand that my organization is truly better because I've hired a diverse group of people who have diverse perspective because that's going to strengthen our product mm -hmm. and our ability to serve more people and what the world looks like today in mm -hmm. reality. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk to me a little bit about how you've been working with different organizations now since leaving that um, organization to... <laughs> <laughs> to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know where to begin, but I, I would say first is that you can't have diversity without having inclusiveness, right? And you need both. So you can start hiring this mass amount of people or maybe two people to meet your quota, but it's not going to get you, it's not going to be sustainable over a period of time. And um, I can say that it's very challenging work. It's very hard work because um, no one want, wants to do the work. 
And um, before I work with the client, I'm like, are you ready to do the work? Because it can't be surface level. It can't be that we just come out with the DEI statement. Um, what are you going to actually do once you have people of different backgrounds and experiences um, come into your workspace? Are they able to thrive? And um, so my work con um, consists of me basically having these discovery calls way before we get into the work. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that um, it is really important for companies to start taking a step back and saying not, you know, oh, what's the next initiative? We, we automatically go to hiring. It's not time to hire. So maybe it is now to start in our organizational infrastructures. You have to start internally before you can start externally. So that's how I work with my clients as to let's take, let's look at things internal first. Let's get your policies and procedures, your practices in place. Um, make sure that you're using the right language. Um, you're using gender pronoun, whatever your, your, the right pronouns, just use an inclusive language, I would say, um, you know, or what does it look like if a person, if a person of color or a person of a different background comes into this organization and they're the only black person or they're the only person that, um, you know, is, a, um, um, of a different race or, or a part of the LGBTQIA, um, community, what does that look like? How do they, how are they going to feel? And so a lot of that just comes with, um, organic conversations. Um, and what I have found Angela is that leaders don't have time to read books. <laughs> they don't want to read books no. and I don't, I like them because <laughs> I love to read, but they don't, it is my job to take what I have read and interpret it or come to more of a you know, be strategic in how I communicate to them about race and how their organization it needs to make need to make this change. And so if anything, I would say that people um, that are doing this work is um, some leaders want to dive in and then some leaders do not. Mm -hmm. And so you have to pick and choose like, do I want to just keep working with the leader that doesn't want to dive in? Or do you say, I want, you know, they're really thinking about that. I think you have to start internally. Um, I think, well, first you have to work with leaders. Um, and then secondly, you have to um, also do things internally first before you start diving into recruiting and training. Mm -hmm. I think those things are needed, mm -hmm. but then how is it going to look three to five years from now? Um, so a big part of my job also is kind of walking an organization through what does a three to five year strategic plan look like and helping them come up with their object objectives and their metrics and then the drivers to get there and then those action plans, because a lot of c companies have things on paper, but no one's doing it. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot, I think a, um, a stat just came out that like 63% of companies today has have put a DEI statement together. 
but nothing has ever happened, yeah. you know? And so I think you have to go in and look at that. You have to look at what performance management looks like within the organization. Who is actually being promoted? Mm -hmm. Who's actually been in this role for like 10, 15 years? So doing an organizational assessment, um, um, is very helpful in doing this work um, so that you can lead um, the organization into what a three to five year goal look like. And then after that, then what does that look like? Because it's not ending, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't want us to give up on this work because what I'm seeing in this space is that a lot of leaders, like you said, are, we've hired our two black people We've, we've done this, this <laughs> we checked the box. And also it's, it's hard to have these conversations, right? Because um, people don't want to feel like, you know, they're, they're well-intentioned people, but they're like, God, I'm racist <laughs> or I'm a bad person. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you are, you are not. But what I am saying, I'm pointing to the data. Mm -hmm. And when we look at the data and we look at the numbers across your organization, it reflects this. Mm -hmm. And is it that you want to do something about it or either you don't? Mm -hmm. And 90% of them of my clients do, but there are a lot of people that, that don't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so let's take it back wow. to the beginning. And I don't mean the beginning of like your life. I mean, okay. the beginning of like having a successful business. I think even now, even DEI is kind of changing. Now it's DEIB. I've seen that diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And there's nothing wrong with all these acronyms. But at the end of the day, what DEI truly boils down to is what every company, every successful company, in my opinion, is based on, which is having a group of people who are unified by a shared mission. That's right. And so, and they're all working together cohesively in their roles to achieve that mission. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to making f people feel a sense of belonging in a workspace, what you really mean is you're paying them equitably, you know, according, you know, not, you know, non-discriminatorily, right? Mm -hmm. So not paying men more than women for the same role, same scope of work, you know, not paying, you know, yeah, I know. Pay equity is a sort of thing, but it adds to your sense of belonging. I think, especially now, now that more people are being comfortable with discussing pay, I think that is something that is helping that sense of belonging. Because people know, mm -hmm. I know what this person made in mm -hmm. this role before me. You know, mm -hmm. I know what this person is making at this company. Mm -hmm. I know that I can jump to this company in this role That's and right. make this That's money. Right. You know, so I, I know that I can start for myself and make X amount. Yes. You know, yes. Um, I know what the market rate is for this service if I were to freelance or to contract. So I think um, pay equity is one thing that creates a sense of belonging. Um, having transparency within the workplace, like what are we doing now to move the f company forward and how can you be a part of that? And then two, what are some things that are important to not just me as the leader, but you guys as the team, mm -hmm. right? Because you're gonna have different things that you've experienced in this space or in this work that may be different from mine, that may still be important mm -hmm. um, to meet the needs of you and the people that we serve. So I think going back to, okay, our mission truly with DEI work, with changing the workplace culture, elevating that to a space where everybody that we hire and everybody that we currently have on staff feels comfortable to have difficult conversations, to work through problems together collectively, to reach our goals, exceed our goals, and continue on forward. If 
you're starting with someone at the onset who's like, hey, I know that I am a black woman, you know. I know that I want to grow, let's say, a tech startup or a startup of some kind, and I want to start at the onset with the people that I work with, creating a space where they feel like they belong and they feel safe and they feel, you know, respected on the job. What are some things that you would tell people? And I know that's a deep question. You don't have to give me the whole gambit, but what are some things you would tell people who want to, from the start, understanding that this is a lifelong goal? I want to start, you know, I don't want to have to bring in somebody 10 years later to tell me that I've been doing all these bad things. You know, I want to start right now creating that space. Mm, that, that is a deep question. Um, I, I think that it's going to be um, just be human. I think that this humanistic approach and having organic conversations, I, I, I truly believe that um, it's just really saying, this is what I want to do, um, or this is what I see, and this is how I feel that we can get there. I, I think that um, the world is lacking that in this deep, whatever DEI space. I really do not like <laughs> using that term um, uh, because it is about how do you make people feel valued, heard, and seen, and represented in organization and the, in these organizations. And the only way that we can do that um, is by having organic conversations and letting the conversation drive um, the next step. Um, and I think that, you know, that's, I think the world, we're, we're not talking to each other now. So you have people over here thinking one thing and the other people over here thinking another thing. So making sure that everyone is talking um, and not one specific group um, of, or the dominant group talking about um, certain things. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think that's the bulk of it, Angela. It's just really people want to be heard. And so I would just say, just have the conversation um, organically. I, I don't know if that really answered your question, um, but I, I think that's the start mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, no, it, it does. I think part of it is like, let's say sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Like, you know, there has to be these checkpoints where you're asking, you know, you know, and not just at big checkpoints like the George Floyd situation. I'm yeah. talking like regular checkpoints where you're asking, like, you know, what are some things that are going on in your community that I may not know about? Mm -hmm. Or what are some things that are going on in your community that are of concern to you or that are exciting to you uh, that I may not know about? Because I probably have no idea what the Latino community is doing this weekend or cares about yeah. right now in terms of hot topics other than immigration. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm just not, you know, a part of that community on the long run. Like, you know, so it's, it's hard to know everything about everyone and to think that, oh, because I have a Latino friend, I'm cool. Like, this is fine. Like, yeah. there's still some things that, you know, you don't know that they may be internalizing and thinking about every day when they wake up and come to work. That's right. Um, and so I just think it, I don't know. I don't have yeah. a formula. But... I, I, yeah, I think, you know, thinking on that, I think that, um, I think companies or a leader need to have the right people in the right place. And so often um, leaders specifically ha have people who think like them in their spaces, in their circle. So one of the things I would say is to bring people 
that are different into those new spaces um, so that you can gain those perspectives and start seeing like what is actually happening in the black community, what's happening in the Latinx community. Let's not go to them when we need them, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? But there's an organic relationship. It just happens naturally. And so I, I would say that, you know, the surroundings, a leader surrounding makes the difference um, in this space. Um, and, and then also, um, who do we have in position outside of that executive level um, space? Who do we actually have, um, you know, actually carrying out what the leader wants um, or what the leader thinks that they want? You know, are, these, are those people connected to communities? Um, are those people connected to the voice of the employee um, or do, do they genuinely care or do we take, you know, um, in corporate, um, I will say this, in corporate there's a lot of surveys going on. Everybody does a survey and it, I just dislike it, you know, but what are the engagement strategies? Like how, like what you're talking about of like, how do I actually go or employ my employees to kind of take those initiatives to have those conversations? And then how do I report back to that leadership team? Mm -hmm. So until those processes are kind of put in place, um, that, is always going to be a challenge that you're not going to get that um, those outcomes or those tangible outcomes that you feel um, that you're going to just think that you know, right? As a leader, you're like, oh, well, we've been in this, we've been in Durham for 50 years. No one's come to us. And that's, well, no, I didn't come because I didn't know your door was open. <laughs> and so I think that, um, you know, it is for if we can't get out there, if the leader can't get out there to know about communities and be in place, then you have to put someone in position to do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of like the starting point. Yeah. And I think that's going to be, I guess, my last question, too, was, you know, and I don't know the statistic for this, but I would to my understanding, having people of color, having queer queer people, mm -hmm. having women at the C-suite level is like rare. You know what I mean? So, you know, talk about surrounding yourself with people who can bring different perspectives and ideas to the table and different manners of executing on those ideas. It's just not, it's not there right now. One of the things that people love to harp on is experience. We see it now. People love to say, well, they're, are they experienced, you know? <sighs> You know, what college did they go to? You know, what were their, you know, their scores? Like, who cares about that? You know, like, what, you know, I, you, there, how do Angela, I say it? How do I yes. say it? Yes, <laughs> Angela, say yes, yes. <laughs> how do we get past this? Oh, I didn't know this. You know, uh, are there any people who are ex Oh, God. At this day and age? Is I, that still e a question? Either you're in my house while I'm writing. <laughs> Or you're like at a board meeting that I'm a part of, right? So I don't know where you are. Um, I will say that, and I'll just use this as an example. I was um, recently just having a conversation with this organization and some of those same things that you're hitting, like, oh, well, we want a diverse group of people to apply for this executive level position, but I don't know if they have the skills and the qualification. And so 
I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, but where are you posting and who are you connecting with? Because I know some very skilled and experienced people. So one of the things I have recommended, and I do recommend this for organizations, like we got to get to the point where we are, and I'm, I don't like this word either, redacting resumes, um, redacting the information or removing some of the information that brings that bias up in these interview search committees um, because they're so formulaic in, in like, how do, like, I want these years of experience. I want them to go to these same schools. Well, what if you didn't know all of this stuff? Would that person still be qualified for this position? And I think that change process, that change in that process will help, hopefully, to get those people, get other people into the door, mm -hmm. um, to get better people in the door so that you can bring those um different perspectives. Um, I can tell you, Angela, even at the level that I was at, um, and I had a long way to go, <laughs> it was still hard to get into the door mm -hmm. um, because I didn't have, my pedigree wasn't that I went to some Ivy League school and neither did they. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, and, and then you come into these spaces and, you, but you want to come into these spaces with the voice and then you want to come into these spaces with decision-making abilities because what is happening and it continues to happen is that yes, I can diversify my board Yes, I can diversify my executive team, but if I can't make decisions, if that person can't make decisions, then it's hurting the people that are within the organization. Mm -hmm. So um, I think when a leader or leadership wants to make change that it will filtrate from the top, I mean, to start at the top all, all the way to the bottom. And so it's nothing worse than having a leader who says, well, I'm going to have Angela as the executive chief administrator, whatever that could be in this committee, but yet you don't have a voice and that I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if that's the best route to go. Yeah. So something cosmetic, like they yeah. have a title. Yeah. They're yeah. there. You yeah. Know. And, and I would say that, you know, we also, as the individual, I know for me, I've been, people have recruit, tried to recruit me for like a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer position. Mm -hmm. And I laugh because why would I go into, I think it's great, but then when I look at your organizational chart, is it really realistic that I'm going to be that person to come in to make a change in your organization? Probably not. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, going back to knowing yourself and being still and letting the universe kind of tell you where you want to go. It's like, no, I can't, that's a job bigger than me. Yeah. So I think, you know, while we're in these spaces as um, people of color or of people of different groups that we, we have to start saying, can we actually make that change in these or in the, in here? How much do, how much time do I want to give to this company to get 
you know, even at the mid-level range. Yeah. Um, but those, but we need that pressure, mm -hmm. and we need um, those companies who have employee resource groups, as we are, as people put these together, where they're, you know, you got the LGBTQIA group, and then you got the ERG for Black people, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And while I think that they're great, you know. Is it just surface level or are these, cause ERGs and other groups, they can't make decisions. Right. And so when I see that, I think, gosh, it's such a fallacy. It's like, it's not, it's great because we're doing things, but you can't really make the decisions to make the integral change in the organization. So yeah. I think I probably said a lot there, but, um, I got caught up, but that okay. was good. That was okay. that was good. Yeah, okay. I got caught up, and you hit a nerve. You hit a nerve. Oh, that's okay. Well, you know what? We are going to calm down now. We're going to okay. allow you to finish your tea. Okay. And can you tell people where people can find you? I know you're on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn, Carolyn Roots, R H O D E S, or you can find me on my website, um, www.leadershipinequity.com. Dot com and those are the two places you can reach out to me for any questions or just wanted to know more about my work awesome thank you so much for coming oh, in today thank you angela <laughs> so good to be here thank you for my cup absolutely absolutely